You're listening to The Real Wealth Show with Kathy Fetke, the real estate investor's resource. Are we looking at another foreclosure crisis? Or is all this government stimulus going to save the economy? I'm Kathy Fetke, and welcome to The Real Wealth Show. Our guest today is a leading economist, recognized authority and commentator on personal finance, U.S. housing, and economic trends. Christian Doritas is Deputy Chief Economist at Moody's Analytics and was named on two U.S. patents for credit modeling. He created loss forecasting and stress testing systems for financial institutions. And he's here with us today on The Real Well Show to try to help me make some sense of what's going on. So, Chris, welcome to The Real Well Show. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. Interesting times for sure. I've, I've never been quite in this place before. Uh, yeah, definitely for an economist. It's a, about a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Let's hope once-in-a-lifetime. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Uh, so as a leading economist, did you ever expect anything like this? I know pandemics, there's been movies on it that I never watched until now. Um, but did you ever expect anything like this? Yeah, so, you know, economists are, are also risk managers. So we all are always thinking about uh, what could go wrong. And we get a lot of uh, ideas from science fiction. <laughs> Uh, you know, because you always want to be worried about or concern yourself with what could go wrong. What, what, am, I yeah. not, what am I not seeing? So what, what's the black swan out there? So yeah, pandemic was perhaps something we thought about, but never like this, never so swiftly and so broadly as, as mm-hmm. what we're seeing here. I think you can never yeah. prepare yourself for something like this. Absolutely. And given what we're seeing now, I mean, there are people who think the country will open up sooner than later. Uh, boy, if you go on YouTube or Facebook or anywhere, there's all kinds of ideas out there. And so let's just say that it worked and we could open up the economy by this summer. I mean, is there any chance we can revive it in, in a V-shaped kind of uh, way or are we doomed no matter what? I think we'll get past this, right? Is it a V-shape? Uh, probably not. It's uh, more likely to be what we're describing as a Nike swoosh, right? We yeah. Go down, mm-hmm. We go down quite a bit, and then we gradually uh, come back. Uh, certainly, there are a lot of things that have changed as a result mm-hmm. of this particular uh, crisis. So it's not like a hurricane where you know the storm passes and then you rebuild. There are going to be some big changes in attitudes, big changes in businesses, right? It's going to take a while for confidence to be restored. And quite frankly, people are going to have different uh, ideals. They're going to have different preferences on the other side of this. So things are going to change. And I think hopefully we'll, we'll get better. Uh, but uh, I don't think we should hold out hope that we bounce back immediately. It's going to take some time. I, know, I keep asking myself that. If there was a cure, uh, you know, if there was some, one of these treatments that actually worked, would people just go back to normal? I mean, that's the big question. We can only know when we get there. Yeah. That's what I'm holding hope for. I was going to say, you know, I've been thinking about that as well, right? A vaccine would certainly help, help uh, restore some confidence. But then again, I think we're always going to be looking over our shoulder from mm-hmm. now on. Always worried about that next pandemic. You know, I'm going to have my toilet paper storage uh, here <laughs> ready to go, right? And I think that's going to change our attitudes, right? There could be another disease that comes along. So I think these types of things have uh, some long-lasting effects. Yeah, that's a really great point. How will we be different? I think people will absolutely stock up more. There were certain religions who that, you know, that, that uh, let's just say the Mormons, they would stock up for six months for anything. I mean, I'm in California. We should be doing that anyway because mm-hmm. of fires and, uh, and certainly earthquakes. Uh, but I think this will have people really stocking their pantries with everything. Right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. 
Um, do you think it will bring more manufacturing back to the U.S. Uh, we're not, so that we're never in this situation again? Uh, certainly, I, I think we'll be reevaluating that and certain types of manufacturing for certain, right? So there's a lot of concern about dependency on pharmaceutical or some of the health items, of course, right? Do we want to be a little bit more balanced and have all your eggs in one basket? So I think there'll be some diversification, whether it all comes back to the U.S. or other countries, maybe neighboring countries, right? So there could be more manufacturing that comes back to, say, Mexico or Canada. So you have a little bit more diversification. You're not so highly dependent on, uh, say, China for the supply chain. So I, I do expect that, uh, that trend to continue. It was already in place, right? It was already in place. And seems like it uh, might, well, already companies, big companies switched gears pretty quickly to making the masks and ventilators yep. and so forth. So if they can do that, what else can they do? It'll be interesting to see. I, I'm optimistic right. about that. I think that will create yeah. more jobs and goodness knows we're going to need them. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. So another theory I have, and I'd love to hear your opinion on it, is that people will want more space. That would be another change. And so will there be as much demand for condos and apartments as, as homes? And, and I'm also reading some things, homes that are in the, not just the suburbs, but the exurbs, you know, like, right, right. I mean, do you see that kind of trend happening? Yeah, well, the preppers uh, increase in numbers, right? People right, deep, right. Deep into the woods. Um, you know what? We've been thinking about a lot about this as well. And of course, it's probably too early to say for certain. But I think what you'll have is uh, a couple of different trends going on simultaneously, right? So you will have people looking for more space, like it, you know, spooked by this pandemic, or if, certainly if they were affected either directly or, or for their families, they'll be sort of looking for other places to live a little bit more uh, space. On top of it, though, you do have this economic weakness, though. And so people are not going to have the savings, perhaps, that they had in the past and they'll yeah. be forced to uh, look for, you know, condos or other uh, cheaper alternatives. So I think it'll, I don't know that it, we'll see a massive disruption where everyone leaves the city and goes to the country, but I think you'll see uh, both trends uh, kind of in place that you will see uh, for the people who are in the city, maybe the space gets redesigned, right? We can think about offices, for example. I don't think offices go away, but maybe there are plexiglass barriers or we have some other thing, innovations that come along. And maybe for those condos, maybe there's a, a work nook, right? Maybe you're working from home in your condo. And uh, so I, I think you'll see a number of different trends evolve here over time. I don't know that they'll be as radical as, again, all the cities emptying out and everyone living in the country. But you also have the economics uh, to consider on top of it. Yeah, and if you, you look at the one group that would be buying homes right now en masse, the millennials, this is their second round. You know, they come out, yeah. of, the, out of college and life is pretty rough, you know, and, and then they, it seems like they're getting on their feet and they're starting to buy homes and they've become the biggest home buyer over the last few years, at least according to my research. <laughs> and bam, you know, any savings yeah. that they might have had. I mean, do you think we'll see, and, and we'd see headlines about the millennials and that they were, they were already set back and already not building as much wealth as their parents, the baby boomers, it seems like that's just going to get worse for those who are maybe just ready to buy that house and invest, but now they've had to use that money for their savings. Yeah, they're saving. And, uh, you know, they still have student debts uh, to deal with and other types of debt uh, out there that, to your point, right, we were just making some progress, getting that unemployment rate down to record low levels. And finally, some folks at the bottom of the distribution are actually starting to see some, some gains in their income, right? Labor market was tight and we started to see some things turning around and then this hits. So yeah, I, I think this is going to be a real struggle. 
uh, for a lot of them. I guess on the silver lining is that there's still a lot of demand out there uh, for housing, right? We still have, what, 5 million 18 to 34 year olds living at home with their parents. So there's still, there's still that desire uh, to, to get out, start your own family, buy your own home. Uh, so I think that's a positive for the construction industry and housing overall. But yeah, I, I think for a lot of folks who are just uh, getting very close to home ownership, this is a, a step back, at least for uh, another few months, if not uh, a couple of years here, as they rebuild and reassess uh, where things are headed. So, Which means it's, potentially it's, more, more renters. And- more renters, uh, 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 certainly. Yeah. Well, we're in the home building business, and we're also in the home rental business. So it's interesting with our subdivisions that we've been building, we paid all cash, uh, didn't take on any debt because we didn't, we thought something like this might be coming like you we were yeah. kind of weighing the possibility of that. Not, not a pandemic, but uh, some kind of black swan. Boy, this yeah. is what we were expecting. Uh, but that's why this black swan, right? That's right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we haven't really seen a slowdown. And now, I'm seeing a lot of other builders who did have debt or had larger projects and they just don't want to move forward. It almost seems like for those builders that were maybe all cash or able to move forward, it might be better for us because there'll be less competition. I mean, any thoughts on, on that? Yeah, well, they say that every recession creates opportunity, right? That they're, one of the strengths of our economy overall is that it's dynamic, right? You have businesses that uh, start up, they try something out. Some of them succeed, which is great. Some of them do fail, but we learn even from the failures, what not to do, what to do better next time, right? Yeah. Uh, so I, I think that that's still in play here. So yeah, there will be some builders here that maybe took on a little bit more risk. Things looked, did look pretty good, so I can't fault them for, for trying, uh, but they, there will be some that uh, have to take a step back while others move forward, right? Maybe that with a little bit, if you had a little bit more of a cash position, right? You're a little bit more uh, diversified against this type of event. Right. So you will see some, again, some churn here with some businesses doing better than others, some developers doing better than others. But that, that's the strength of our economy. And I hope that that does continue. And I expect it to. Once we figure out a little bit more what's going on, we'll get through this. I mean, that's been our experience. We interview all the property managers in our network. And so far, I mean, they have focused on growing markets, you know, places where the, the demographic growth is, for example. Atlanta or Dallas or Tampa, and very affordable homes within those areas near jobs. And, you know, so that was already the buy box for these property managers and for a lot of our members. We've been so shocked to see that rent collections have been normal. And if anything, applications have been up like crazy. There's not enough demand for the number of rental applications in all 15 of the markets that that we, so it's very surprising, very surprising. And each time when I say why, they show a whole list of job openings in those markets. So it's just like you said, yeah, yeah, there's definitely a segment that lost jobs, but there is a segment that's needing more, like Amazon, for example. That's right. That's right. So um, that'll continue. And now some of these businesses will fail, but others will grow and we'll, we'll keep going forward. And I think uh, to your point, it, you know, all real estate is local. All real estate also depends on the tiering and segmentation as well, right? So there was already a dearth of affordable housing out there, right? That doesn't change or that didn't really go away with this. If anything, there's even more uh, demand for affordable housing going forward. So if you're in those markets and you're positioned well, I think, I think you'll continue to see that uh, demand going forward. The higher end, the luxury, right? That may be a different story, but... Uh, oh my gosh, with the, 
lack of uh, financing for those. It seems like yeah. an incredible opportunity. <laughs> yeah, if, you, if you have that longer term view, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> In the short term, it's going to be a, don't try to sell your house anytime soon, I guess. Right. Um, right. If it's uh, certainly over the conventional loan limits, it's going to be tough. Yeah, the jumbos, yeah. Yeah. So any trends that you're seeing over there that, um, yeah, that surprise you or that don't surprise you? <laughs> I guess uh, you know the big trend, of course, is just uh, again how swift and how broad this shock was, right? Yeah. You always have to be worried about something bad happening, right? And we we run a lot of models, and we always have downside scenarios, as I mentioned. But just the swiftness within you know a few weeks, <laughs> we wiped out ten years of job growth, for example, right? So that was perhaps the most uh, startling trend. On the flip side, though, I don't want to discount how much. Uh, stimulus, fiscal stimulus, how much spending the, uh, that we've put into this economy from, from the government standpoint, right? So then you can make a real case that if we can get that virus under control and confidence can be bolstered and people feel comfortable, again, I'm not saying that everything is, uh, is great and everything has returned to normal, but at least we, we've dealt with it and know what the risks are. You can make a real case that coming out of this you know, fourth quarter or 2021, we do see some of that uh, stimulus having an effect of uh, leading to some stronger growth, bringing our unemployment rate down. So I think I'm, I'm, I remain optimistic that uh, we get through this and that there's some brighter skies on the other, other side of this. I mean, that's the multi-trillion dollar question. Is <laughs> <laughs> what is going to happen due to all this stimulus? I mean, we know in the past when we've had this much stimulus, it did result in a revival of the economy and an increase mm-hmm. in asset values and an increase in stock values. So we, we've seen that work. And a yep. lot of people over the last decade, including myself, predicted, oh yeah, wait till the inflation sets in. And it did in housing and it did in stocks, but it didn't kind of across the board maybe, at least not right. the way that the, <laughs> the government was uh, tracking it. So, you know, again, that's, that's the question. Are we looking at deflation? Are we looking at inflation? Are we going to see a Weimar Republic here and just be burning our dollars at any point where they're worthless? I mean, do we have any idea the impact of this much stimulus? That's a great question. So I think it comes down to short-term, medium-term, long-term type of views. Short-term, very hard to see that there's any inflation that, that picks up here, right? We have a lot of slack, right? A lot of capacity underutilized here, whether it's you know, millions of people out of work, uh, factories not producing. So hard to see where the inflation comes from mm-hmm. in, the, in the very short term. Right? And just, just to recall, a few uh, years ago, we were trying to get a little bit more inflation. Right? The Fed was actively trying to boost uh, the inflation, right. get it up a little bit more. Yeah. And we, we really struggled uh, to do that. Really yes. working hard to get that inflation. <laughs> Everyone wants to pay more for stuff. <laughs> a little bit, you know, a little bit. Infl- it's like, a, you know, a little bit of salt is good. Too right, much salt right. Is good. So I, you had these very strong forces when it came to technology, right? That some of that's still in place. So I think short term, very hard to see inflation. Uh, but longer term, uh, you certainly could make a case uh, for it. And back to your very first question about manufacturing. That's a double-edged sword. On one hand, you bring manufacturing back to the U.S. That's good. You might be creating some jobs. That's certainly a positive. On the other hand, you might now be manufacturing at a higher cost than uh, what if what you were. Why did those businesses relocate to China and other places in the first place? Well, it's to produce at a, at a cheaper price, right? So if we're relocating some of that manufacturing, we might get some of that price pressure in the medium to long term, right? So you could certainly make an argument for some increased inflationary pressure. 
And then in the very long term, of course, we still have the entitlements. We have all these concerns about all that longer term spending that's still yet to come. And what does that mean? And what does that mean for the dollar? Uh, certainly, there are some of those bigger challenges on the horizon as well. So I don't see it as a risk today. It's not something on top of my list that I'm worried about for 2020 or 2021 or even 2025. But longer term, certainly, I'd be concerned about that, uh, that value. And I think investing in hard assets, real estate, certainly, those are good hedges uh, for that type of a risk down the line. I mean, that's what I've been seeing my whole life. But, you know, I mean, I'm born and raised in California and I remember my dad was very young and we were just in the Silicon Valley. No one knew quite how that would blow up in terms of home prices. But I remember him saying that with inflation, the way it was, there would be a day when both parents would need to work. (laughs) Just dating myself that it was pretty rare that both parents worked when I was young. And, yeah. and I remember him saying that. And then sure enough, you know, it's real tough to find one parent who can stay, you know, a family where a parent can stay at home. And, yeah. and we didn't even have the kind of uh, stimulus then that we have now. So it is concerning for future generations. And that I think is really the meat of my message is if there's a way to scrounge up the dollars and take advantage of these low interest rates. And I don't want to sound like a typical realtor, but I really do believe that for the future, it could be a great transfer of wealth or a great wealth building plan to be able to be in assets that do inflate. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know if you can comment on that, but that just (laughs) seems obvious. I've seen it all my life. Yeah, absolutely. I think more broadly, diversifying makes a whole lot of sense, right? So you don't want to be all in stocks. You don't want to be all in real estate. You want to be in a little bit of everything and that'll help you through the, uh, the ups and downs. So yeah, but uh, home ownership, I mean, there's a reason why we encourage home ownership. It's a forced saving. It's a great way for people to build wealth. It, it has paid off for millions of generations uh, or millions of people uh, before. So I think uh, absolutely makes sense. And then the rental market, as you mentioned, that's, that's also seems pretty solid in terms of the demographic trends and other things we're seeing here. The demand should, should continue indefinitely. Yeah. Now, uh, my last question, <clears throat> I don't like giving attention to bad news or, <laughs> or certain groups uh, manipulating things. I, I know that there is a massive amount of renters. I, I believe, I, do you know how many renters there are in this country? Oh. Oh gosh, I'm not it's off the top of my lot. head. It's, millions. It's a lot. Um, yeah, millions. <laughs> but uh, you've got this handful of groups that are marching saying we're not going to pay the rent. Do you think that's going to catch on or do most people just understand they need to pay the rent? I think most people understand they have to pay the rent. I think, <laughs> right. uh, you know? I, I think they're under, you know, like everyone else, there's a lot of uncertainty, a lot of pressure right now. Who knows what, what tomorrow is going to bring? Yeah, maybe things start to look a little bit uh, better today. Uh, I, I think you have... Uh, Consumers going right back to the crisis economics, right? They're they're battening down the hatches. They're only spending on essentials right now. You know, car sales are way down. People are not buying homes in large numbers. Are really afraid of the future, and they're conserving the resources. So even if you have the income, even if you have the the ability to pay, you might uh, think twice and see if you can delay payments uh, certainly until you get a better signal of what's going on. As things improve, I do think people understand that. They have to pay the rent. Right? <laughs> right. So I, I think I think this is a hopefully a short term uh, issue, mm-hmm. uh, just because of the stress and the economic stress. And you yeah. start to see a little bit uh, bluer sky. I don't think that the movement will last. I do think it will change or put some pressure on more building. And certainly, communities are going to have to think twice about zoning. And they're you know just 
these types of crises always uh, bubble up some of the issues that have been underlying uh, things. So certainly there's a need for more housing and that's not going to go away. But I don't think that we're going to stop paying rent for the foreseeable future. And like you said, it, this problem of inventory is only aggravated now because so many builders are just simply pulling out of the yeah. game. They don't have Stopped. the financing yeah. or they, yeah, they don't want to take the risk. So <laughs> right. that problem is going to increase. And that's, again, why I'm so happy that we are going in all cash on our, our subdivisions and so we can keep going. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here on The Real Wealth Show. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you very much, Kathy. It was, it was a pleasure. Thanks. All right. Well, next time I hope we talk, we'll be talking about, oh, remember that time. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Things are so wonderful now. Yeah. Uh, rear view mirror, right? That'll help Absolutely. with your next discussion. <laughs> All right. Take care. Thanks. And thank you for joining me here on The Real Wealth Show. You can listen to this or any past episodes at realwellshow.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye-bye.